um, near the city. Okay, so how how's how's it looking out there in Jersey right now? It's looking it's 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 nice. I mean, it's not. Um, sorry, I'll be right back in a second. No problem. All right, so we lost Erin for a moment, and she'll be back. Uh, but it is me for now. We're doing the thing here on the I'm Gonna Get in Trouble podcast, and tonight we have our lovely guest. Let me see if I can see where she's at. Erin is out right now. Okay, but either way, you get to stare at my ugly face for a couple of quick seconds, and I know nobody out there missed it, but maybe one or two. But either way, there we go. There's our guest back. There she is. Okay, so tonight we have the wonderful Aaron Jackson on the I'm a Get in Trouble podcast. Y'all know me. It's your boy, Terrence G. Eddie Lyles will be joining us here soon. He's having some technical difficulties and some scheduling stuff. So as you were saying, Miss Jackson, uh, you're out there in New Jersey, right? How's yes. it looking? Okay. It's nice. I mean, we had a couple 75 degree days and, and it's back. It was a little chilly the last couple, but I think it's about to, I think spring is on its way. I'm looking forward oh. to it. How's it opening up? Y'all y'all got things moving now, like with, with where we're at in COVID? Like I mean, I wouldn't know. I'm in my house. <laughs> <laughs> where are you? I'm in Omaha, Nebraska. I actually oh, wow. moved. Yeah. Okay. I moved out of DC um in November of night, like right before the pandemic hit. Okay. And so it, it was like the world went on fire the moment I left D.C. So I'm not saying it was me, but I'm not not saying it was me. <laughs> I lived in D.C. for 15 years. I loved it there. I miss it so much. It's a nice spot. There's a lot of stuff to do. Yeah. And it's especially free. in the summer. It's free. I know. That's why I, I love. Yeah. <laughs> that speaks to my white trash core because <laughs> I grew up super poor, super white trash. So like when you get to go to everything free, I'm still sitting there like looking at the security guards like you've. It spoke to my broke comedian core too. <laughs> Shoot. So let's get this thing going, Aaron. Um, we know that you're out in Jersey. How long have you been doing comedy now? 17 years. 17. My goodness. Mm -hmm. What what was what was the thing? Do you remember what it was that got you started? Yeah, it was a dare. Um, it was a dare from the guy I was dating. I was still living in DC. Then I started comedy in DC. And uh, we had just started talking and we were having that conversation, like, what would you try? If you could try anything, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, yeah, I said comedy. I don't really know where it came from, but I was always a fan. And then, um, yeah, he kind of dared me. He was like, you should do that then. It's not like you want to be an astronaut or something. He was like, you could be a comedian. You could. He's like, well, oh, he was from Baltimore. He was like, we'll go to Baltimore. Nobody will know you. And then if you embarrass yourself, it'll be fine. Just try it. But um, that's not what we did. I wound up, he sent me, we, we found the ad for the DC Improv was having a one day comedy seminar. It was their very first one before they opened their full fledged comedy school or anything like that. And, and I went to the seminar and I met other people that wanted to be comics and we got together and started going to open mics together and the rest is history. So this guy you were dating dared you and that's what got you into comedy? Mm -hmm. okay. I don't know if I ever would have tried it. So- was he a comic as well, or is he just a dude that was like, I'll just do it? He was a Marine. <laughs> Worked at the Pentagon. Yep. Okay. So what made you catch the bug then? Because everybody kind of starts, but what what was, was it a moment? Was it the initial? Was it all of it? Where did you catch the bug to be like, this is it for me? Yeah. I mean, I already was a comedy fan. I already, you know, like a lot of people, though, like reciting comedy specials that I loved. 
But I think the first night I did an open mic, it was at a sushi bar in DuPont Circle. And um, yeah, I mean, it was not good if you were an audience member, but I enjoyed it. It was like three minutes. They put a mic right next to the sushi case. And uh, yeah, I got up there. I had a great time. I loved it. And I started going, I think it was, I can't remember if it was Monday or Tuesday. But I remember I went there like for years. That was what I did every Monday or Tuesday or whatever. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. And then obviously other nights too, but I'm just saying that was my first open mic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. So you got bit by the bug early on, it seems like, right? What was um what was your defining moment early on? What was the one thing that made you say, I'm definitely sticking with this to where you were like, I I'm I'm in this for the long haul? Because 17 years is a huge thing. Yeah, you know, in the beginning, I never even thought of it as trying to do it as a career, like ever quitting my job or anything. To me, it was like I had a job I didn't like during the day. I didn't like a lot of the people that I work with. I was just looking for something fun in my life. So it was like, oh, I have new friends. I have a hobby. Like it was more like that. So and I was always a very practical person. Like I'm not doing it unless I could plan it out and see how it's going to go and how much money do I need. And da, 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 da. Um <laughs> So I was comfortable. I had a good job that gave me a lot of vacation. So I would just go do comedy on the weekends. If I need to travel, I'd take a Friday off, something, that kind of, something like that. But I remember the first year, I think 2008 was the first year I was ever on TV. And I think I did like national TV. I did um, a Comedy Central. I did Last Fuck Time in Standing. Hell yeah. And Fuck I did the Ellen Show. And and I got to Ellen and she was like, you still have a job? I was like, hell yeah, I'm going back there Monday too because, I, I, you know, I don't have any work. I can't quit my job off this. She's like, I think you should think about quitting your job. Um, but honestly, I don't know if, you know, it wasn't even, I just was like, because I think, you know, when you're first starting out, you don't realize like, there's so many comedians whose name you'll never know that make a living off of comedy, right? I think, right. okay, like, you know, Chris Rock makes a living off of comedy. You know, Jerry Seinfeld makes a living off of comedy. I'm not thinking about all the comics who tour colleges and yep. are road comics who you never see because they work in shitty bars. Like, it's, I didn't know you could make a living in the way that I know now, you know? So right. I just wasn't an option. Right. Um, but yeah, I started off in colleges and that's how I was able to, like, leave my job. I was just like, okay, I have enough colleges to pay for my life for a year. <laughs> and then if it if it sucks, my job will hire me back. Like they like me, so that was kind of it. So how how did that make you feel in that moment? Right, like you make it through TV in two thousand eight, and then Ellen DeGeneres looks at you in your face and says, <laughs> "Why do you have a day job?" Tell me how that made you feel. I mean, it made me feel great because I I mean, it, you know, it was one of those things where it's like. People can laugh, but a lot of times, especially, and even now it's more so, it's like the validation from people you admire is different. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you're like, okay, I can make people laugh in a bar in, you know, Adams Morgan, but can I, you know, if Ellen DeGeneres knows who I am and she had me on her show, maybe I should pay more attention to this. Maybe I should, you know, take it more seriously, really consider it. So it definitely helps. I think I did Ellen in September and I probably had, I had quit my job by March. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. 
So you said that you're practical, right? So mm-hmm. you 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 want things to line up and you're looking at finances and everything. Were you first off, were you like a government worker or something? No, I worked okay. at a newspaper. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I, I don't know why I just think DC and I think it's like government right. or something. You know, because 90% of everybody is military yeah. or government somehow. So when when you do the the practical thing, what was outside of the Ellen deal? What was the one thing that you're like, I, I can do this? This this practicality aside and all of this plans and vacation aside, I can do this for a living. I mean, it wasn't until I, you know, quit. I didn't know until I did it. Right. right. So it wasn't until I quit my job. Like I knew I um I went to um, people aren't going to know what this means, probably. But like there's the do you know what NACA is? Sounds familiar. I'll explain it. It's fine. Yeah, it, yeah. Um, <laughs> it stands for National Association of Campus Activities. So they have conferences throughout the year, like by region. They have a national conference. And what it is, it's like anybody that wants to, it's how colleges book entertainment for the year. So mm-hmm. um, you apply to showcase there and they'll have bands and, you know, spoken word and uh, lecturers, you know, all kinds of fun, you know, comedians, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and Basically, you go perform. If you get accepted to perform, you perform. These schools come watch you and they buy you. Mm. It's like, a, you know what I mean? And so you sit in a booth like a college fair. So I got accepted to one of those um, because I had the credit that I had been on Ellen. And then they accepted me. And then I went to one, booked a bunch of schools. And then I could see how much money I had laid out for the next year because they book, they get you, you get your contracts. And once I saw that, so it was still being practical, even though it was a, you know, mm, but yeah. I knew. I might have to go to Idaho to get it, but I'm gonna get this money. So where, where did that take you in places that you didn't see before? Was it Idaho? Was that the one place you're like, Oh my goodness. Or was it like, Idaho is beautiful. I've been to, (laughs) I've been to, I think there's probably four States I haven't been to, but I performed. Yeah. I've performed in places, you know, being an East coast girl, I grew up in Jersey. Um, only ever really lived in the DC area other than that. But like just being able to go to like Montana and Wyoming and just see how beautiful the country is, man. It's so like, different up there, isn't it? It's so different. It's so beautiful. And it's like, I mean, I've been to I've been to Nebraska. I've been to Norfolk a couple of times yep, yep, yep. Um, for a comedy festival. Um, okay. I've been, yeah, I've been all over. So it, it's, you know, I, I really enjoy traveling. You know, I would like to go more exotic than Idaho. Somebody could hire me, you know, where I got to go over an ocean. That would be nice. I was about to say, you just want Canada. That's all. (laughs) I've been to Canada, but, um, but yeah. That's good stuff. So walk me through your, your comedic inspirations was, you said you've been a fan of comedy for a while now. Is there somebody particular that you looked up to or still look up to? Is there somebody that influences you now? Well, I will say growing up, who influenced me, I can't say that I look up to them now, but I was a huge I, Cosby fan. I knew it. I knew yeah. it. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> You're a little too hesitant in the beginning for me. Not I to mean, like because that. here's the thing, though. Somebody can't uninspire you, even if they're an asshole. You right. know what I mean? Or they do right. shitty crimes. I can't like undo what he did. So like my dad was a big Cosby fan. My dad took me to see Cosby the first time, probably when I was like in junior high and I've seen him a bunch of times, but I love what he does in terms of making it feel like a conversation. Mm, You know, to me, I was like, I enjoy that kind of comedy and I enjoy 
the kind of comedy where you feel like you know the person. Right. Right. Like, you know, something about their lives as opposed to like, oh, you know, have you ever noticed? And there's this thing out in the world because his comedy faced inwards. Right. Right. It was like, oh, this is what happened to my family. This is, you know, my kid did this. And so that was really appealing to me. And and that's kind of what I try to do with my stand up. Most of my comedy is definitely about my life, things that I've been through, things that I overheard. Um, So, yeah, he's he's he remains an influence. Um, Comedically. (laughs) Comedically, I ain't drugging niggas. Um, but uh, for now, for now. For, I mean, yet. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe when you get to like that Ellen level or that Bill Cosby level, like shit changes. You, I mean, it's been a lonely year, Terrence. It's been a very lonely year. <laughs> this pandemic gets you hard, huh? I know. We're in a panini, and I really, you know, yeah. just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> so, then, then you you look at Bill Cosby, and one people need to let that shit go and separate his body of work from the crimes because those are two very separate things. You can't erase all the things that he did when it came to comedically, like the albums that he pushed out, even the Cosby yeah. Show. So people really got to cut that stuff out. Um, with, you can't erase it, no. but honestly, I, I don't listen to the albums the same anymore. I don't listen to I don't listen to them now. I mean, I already know them by heart, so it doesn't matter. But like, <laughs> it's it's hard for me. Like the whole separate the artist from the art is, in theory, it makes sense. But it's hard to like laugh knowing. Like I just be like, mm. um, you're right, you're right. But I'm you I know. mean it from like you said with the inspiration. It's not right. like all of a sudden you're gonna take your childhood memories and be like. Let right, race Bill Cosby for that's not. Yeah, how no, you, that's not. Yeah. That's impossible. Right, <laughs> it's foolish. And this weird woke culture where they're like, "Oh no, cancel everybody that even liked Bill Cosby." It's just weird to me. But yeah. So you, ma'am, were on. She ready for Netflix? Correct. Well, I was. No, yes, I was on. I was on. Uh, yep. Tiffany Haddish presents. They ready. I want you to talk that shit, girl. Tell me how that was. What'd you it think? was it was great. It was it was an opportunity that I could not have ever imagined. I never saw myself making it to Netflix. Not you know I did, or I should say I didn't know I didn't see a way to get there. Mm. You know, and Tiffany sharing her platform was amazing. I didn't even know Tiffany in real life. Mm. You know, she knew my comedy. Obviously, I knew who she is and I know her work. But like, she had seen me live. Um, and so we would cross paths, but we never really even had a conversation. And for her to extend that opportunity to me was amazing. And, um, you know, gave me something to do during the pandemic. I wasn't doing anything, I, but I, I wasn't performing comedy either. So she was like, special. I was like, we doing it on Zoom? Like, you mean get on the plane and go somewhere? <laughs> um, but uh, nah, it was, it was dope. I'm so excited about it. And uh, I'm looking forward to everything, you know, opening back up so I can get out there and tour and work on new material. And yeah. Have you been writing a lot now with the pandemic going on? Not a not a ton. I mean, writing in different types. You know, right, I right, also right. Um, am working on a couple like writing for TV projects and stuff like that. The stand up for me is, is you know, I've, I've written some, but I haven't really worked anything out. You know, you just have a ton of premises to go. Right, right, right. Because it's right. like it's it's you know, you, I'm not gonna work them out on Zoom. <laughs> I it's just not gonna happen. It's not um, the same. It's not the same. I mean, there's some little things I could say. I'm like, oh, that's funny, you know. Right. But like in general, 
I need a stage. And it's weird because, you know, in, in the world before, like everybody's living different lives, you know, different, the same thing is happening to everybody. So it's really hard to write originally original material that every other comic isn't going to have because we're not having any experiences. So I need Absolutely. to have some more experiences to write about and then, you know, kind of fill in the, you know, because nobody wants to hear when, when people go back to clubs, it's nobody's going to want to hear an hour and a half of pandemic jokes. Right. Right. Like a crowd is not going to be like, we finally got out. <laughs> we I don't, don't care about your mask, bro. Right. Just everybody. Exactly. But every comic is going to have jokes about what we've been through. Yeah. So because it's never been that we all were having the same thing to write about. So I think, um, you know, I was telling somebody the other day, I was like, yo, the first people that go to like the first comedy shows back, yo, they're brave. And they're like, yeah, because of the virus. And, you know, it's I was like, no, 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 not because of that. Like, I mean, yeah, because of that. <laughs> but also because the shows are not going to be good. They're not going to be good. <laughs> but, you know, we'll be grateful that you're there. It's it's funny that you mentioned that because with all the comics that we've interviewed over the last few months with the pandemic, it's very much a 50-50 split. In that it seems like 50% were like, oh, hell yeah, I took the pandemic. I've been writing like crazy. And then you have the other half that is kind of what you're saying and kind of with me is like, I've been on Groundhog's Day since March of last year. I have nothing to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you find that it changed your creative process at all? Did it change your creative process? Or do you kind of feel like now that it seems as we're on the back end, you're kind of just going to be knocking some rust off going back to the other way. Yeah. I mean, my process, I write on stage, so mm. it definitely, you know, stilted my process. I mean, I still have some things, you know, I mean, I actually, obviously I wrote pandemic jokes for the special, so, you know, yeah. it's still there, but I, I, um, yeah, I can't wait to get out there. And like you said, dust, dust off, uh, get the dust off and all that stuff. Um, like I really want to. I mean, but I'm not gonna do it beforehand. I've been very, very diligent. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm not rushing out there till I get both vaccine shots, like, you know, yeah. and then wait the waiting period and then wait a little longer. Um, because <laughs> I just, you know, I'm I'm just waiting for things to be a little bit safer. Right. But um by May, June, I'm I wanna be back in the mix for real. Oh yeah. 17 years, Aaron. That's a long time. So how has comedy changed since you started? Oh, man. I mean, there's so many more outlets for comedy, you know, um, so many more. Yeah, so many more venues, so many more outlets, so many more comics I've never even heard of that are huge. I'm like, wait, how are you? Who are you? <laughs> but. I mean, just because there's so much comedy out there, which is a good thing because people yeah. are, you know, they love it. They're consuming it at, you know, a lot, which is great. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously the proliferation of the camera phones. I mean, everybody, but that's, you know, in everybody's yeah. life for everything that has changed things, you know, like it used to be like, you know, you can fuck up in a room, you know, <laughs> and say something crazy or have a moment without it going on YouTube. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially these college kids. You had to, I mean, I'm not really doing colleges anymore at this point. Um, but, you know, they're the first to throw your stuff up on YouTube. And you're just it, like, dude, no. Do you find colleges harder to perform at, especially now with this? 
what seems to be a more outrage culture. I don't know that it necessarily is, but what seems to be more outrage. Do you find colleges um, to be harder? Not necessarily for me for that reason. You know, okay. it's I don't have an act that's offensive. I'm not really doing anything that's going to, you know, that's why you work colleges. Most of us okay. <laughs> can work colleges yeah. because. Um, so it's not really that. But I, you know, but yeah, you do. There are some things where, I mean, let me just say this. The thing, the reason colleges are really hard for me now is because I'm a grown ass woman. Like I'm, I'm 42. Like I'm not, <laughs> I don't, I don't have nothing. In, you know what I mean? Like what? Yeah. I don't know what your life is. You're 18. Like I don't. I got write a jokes. house note. Damn. Right. That, and that would be the thing. I'd be like, I got a mortgage. I got real grown up problems. Like y'all can't. And I don't want to write new material for y'all because I'm not going to use it anywhere else. And so it's like right. the same. I'm telling the same college jokes that I've written. You know what I mean? Because I'm like, I'm not updating it. I'm not doing it. <laughs> you know? That's the part about it. So, yeah, I think Yo, I aged out of college shows. Aaron, I am uh, I am so happy to see you face to face for a second. For everybody on audio, this is Eddie Lyles. I'm just jumping in, I'm interrupting Terrence's brilliant uh, interview process. <laughs> I don't know if it's brilliant. <laughs> this is, is just like you just like spitting off like a question, then letting her answer, no interruptions. It's 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 it's, it's beautiful, brother. I like it. <laughs> I want to highlight Aaron. All right, no, this is not this is not the normal you. This is not the normal you, and I don't like it. I, I'm okay. being honest with you, okay, Aaron. I'm so sorry, Aaron. Oh, what is it? Usually a fight? Is it a cage fight? Yes, what is that kind of for? He yells at me all day, <laughs> and then he denigrates me. See, like we were doing just fine. We really were. And then he comes in with his bald head like a newborn baby just wrecking life for no reason. There, there, there's turns. There's there, yeah. <laughs> so anyways, Aaron, 17 years. 17 yes. I love that shit. I, I love seeing people succeed in this long term. What's been your biggest lesson thus far? And what's been your biggest drawback? I mean, the biggest lesson probably is just don't quit. Like, keep doing it. Because I swear, every time I got ready to quit comedy, which is in my head a lot, like, I'd be like, <laughs> you wanted to flip that. So. Who do I got to quit to, though, damn it? <laughs> right. Who can that? Right. Exactly. Exactly. It, then nobody cares. I quit no. and nobody knows because I just quit in my head and nobody, I don't work for nobody. But I, um, yeah, I feel like so many times when I felt like, man, this is it. Like, I don't think I can do this. I can't live like this anymore. When I was really struggling, like it was right before something big happened. Or it was like right before, even if it wasn't something big, it would be like a validation from somebody mm -hmm. in the industry who would say something to me or send me a note or have me on, you know what I mean? Where I was like, oh man, that person's paying attention. That mm. person values what I do. All right, I give That's it another week, you know? Huge. So it was, it was, it was that, that is the lesson. Like you might be, it might be right there. Mm -hmm. So, so, and the only way to get better is to keep doing it, right? There's no shortcut. And then, I mean, the drawbacks are just, I mean, other than money in the beginning, cause you know, obviously, yeah. but like, obviously. I feel like I missed, you know, it's, it's when you have, when you're committed to something 
like comedy and then your hours are like backwards to everybody in your life. Meaning like, I can't hang out on weekends at night. People are like, what you doing Friday night? I'm like, what you doing Tuesday afternoon? You know, <laughs> like it's hard to date. It's hard. You miss all your friends, big days, you know? Yeah. And, and sometimes it's like, you know, they support you, but they're sick of you not being there. And so when you have a thing like this Netflix thing where everybody can rally around and be like, oh man, like I could see, what you sacrifice for. And you know right. what I mean? Like you finally did the, th like then it feels really good. I think to everybody in life, cause then they get it, mm. you know? But I, I, it's weird. Cause I feel like the pandemic has been like, oh, I have all this downtime, but I still can't connect with my people because of the right. <laughs> you're like, oh, I could really yes. live like a regular life. And then you're like, no, I can't. <laughs> no, I can't. Um, That's funny. Yeah, you try to online date and where we when we meet, and I'm like, when I get a shot, like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm not, you know. So it's, it's we can all do a, a Zoom meeting too, right? Exactly, we, we can do, do a, a date. Zoom we can do a Zoom date. Hey, so Aaron, I got I got a question because I, I haven't been able to ask one since I was in my car the entire drive over. <laughs> no, all right. So you talked about you, you talked about starting in DC, right? Mm -hmm. Um, have you have you come? You've been back. I, so I'm I'm a DC comic. I, uh, I do a lot of stuff in DC. Okay, you've uh, you've been back because I've always oh, hear yeah. like the name, like, you know, like your name come up and everything like. But I always saw you on TV, so it was like yeah. everybody was like, "Yeah, Aaron, Aaron Jackson's from DC," and I'm like, "Is she though?" Like I, because I only when I started doing comedy was what twelve, so you were all you yeah, were already on TV. Yeah, like it was just yeah. like so. So coming back, are there like people still in DC that you think mm. are on their way out? I, I know you talked about one person on the Netflix special, but like other than that, like I want like, do you have other people that you think like? Yo, as soon as they break out, it's over. Like, they I mean, might be up there. It's crazy because, you know, there are a bunch of people I started with that are actually already doing super well. Mm. And then, yeah, and I come back all the time. I mean, I will try to come back every year. I recorded my album at the DC Improv. I um, yeah. I uh, I just did a I show with them there. last week. Yeah. <laughs> um, what'd you say? I said I was there. Oh, you were there? Oh, <laughs> well, then you know I come back. <laughs> Um, oh, set up question. Stalker ass question. See, you out here dating, you know what I'm saying? It was going great while Eddie was in the car. God damn it. It kind of was. It was. Um, so sick of him. No, I mean, you know, I mean, my friends that are still in DC, you know, well, DC area. I mean, Jason Weems is still a friend. Okay, I love Jay. Um, you know. People I started with, like Andy and Randy, and you I'm know, you Andy Klein, Randolph Andy Jones. Klein, and Rand, yeah, Randolph. Okay. Randy, you're right, okay. Randy Sturdivant, and um, uh, I mean, I don't even know who's in DC anymore, but there are so many people that are so super talented. You know, I started out with, you know, I remember when we started, we had, you know, Rory Scoville was our you know, started yeah. the same time we started. Seton Smith started the same time we started. Jermaine yeah. Fowler was our everybody's little brother that we had. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's coming like to, he just did coming to America. He just yeah. did coming to America. Yeah, he was on Essence Day in front Ooh. of Eddie Murphy. I was like, Yo, Yo like, that was crazy. It was, that was very like crazy for every DC comic that's still here. Like, only thing I remember is uh, is a, a one of our one of our friend podcasts, uh. 
Black Think Tank had Jermaine on. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that he was the prince. Like, you know, I didn't know he was the son. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And like, only thing I remember was like a lot of people in DC just being like, yeah, see, this is what happens when you keep working. Mm-hmm. Like, it was like, we had we had Aaron Jackson, we had Tony Woods, we got right, Dave course, Chappelle. Of, of, yeah, right. right. We, we got Dave Chappelle, we got uh, 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 Ashley Lurie. Now we got Jermaine Fowler in front of, you know what I'm saying, arguably the GOAT. So it's like, bro, like, people from D.C., we, we got some shit underneath our sleeve. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, we be. what do you think gives the edge on why so many D.C. comics are becoming uh, household names. Well, I mean, DC is a, is a great place to start. Number one, I mean, it just is a smart city. So if you're a kind of comic that's a little bit more, um, like, like the crowds get it. So you can be, you know, you can you can get the best of both worlds. Like you could get a like a cool crowd, but you don't have to dump stuff down. And right. then. Um, you know, it's situated great in terms of like geography. Like it's, you know, it's, 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 you can get to New York a lot if you're in DC, super easy, super cheap. I think that's important um, for building relationships, just getting stage time if you can get it. Just, you know, net, you know, just networking with other comics. I mean, it's just, and it's just a a city where you could actually get up if you're starting. I mean, it was when I was there. You know what I mean? Right. Like as a as a comic in New York, if I had started in New York, it would have been so difficult to get valuable stage time. Um, because it's usually just comics talking to comics, you know, right. when at when you're at the beginning level. So I think DC offers you like quality stage time. And now the scene seems so much bigger than it was when I was there. Um, but yeah, I mean, if it wasn't for comedy, I would have lived in DC forever. I love DC, but um yeah, whenever so, I can come back, I'm coming back in July. I just booked my first road gig so far. I'll be at, well, but Arlington, but yeah, mm. Arlington Drive House. Mm-hmm. Okay, I can't wait till it comes up. I'm gonna be there. So, <laughs> how we talked about what you've done during the pandemic. How do you see comedy going once the pandemic is over? Like, once things open back up and comedy is again, what do you think it looks like? I think, you know, it, I think comedy is going to be slow to pick up only because of capacity rules. Like mm. in New York, I wasn't out there, but it was people sitting on rooftops in 20 degree weather to see comedy. Yeah. Like yeah. people want comedy. So mm. they're going to come back. I don't have any doubt that comedy is going to rebound. Um, I just hope people are safe and responsible so that we could keep it open. Right. Like get their shots, behave responsibly, you know, bring their mask, where you know, whatever. Um, but it's crazy to have a whole industry shut down for like over a year mm. with no, I mean, where right, are people supposed to do? who, who yeah. could live without working for a year and what, for, you know, I, no matter I, what you do, yeah. you know? So I'm very anxious to, to see people again to, you know, but I think comedy, I think it, the rebound is going to be quick. Mm. Mm. You, you really do think it's going to be quick? Like, I, 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 I don't know. know. I mean, I don't think it's going to be quick because of, I mean, I think that what equates to sold out is going to be sold out. It's not going to rebound gotcha. like- Gotcha, 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 gotcha. gotcha. Right. Yeah, because I mean, that, that's what's going on right now. And there's a lot of people are having shows that in rooms that hold 300, but because of capacity, right. they only hold 100. And everybody's like, yeah, I had a sold out show. Did you? But you did. <laughs> but you did. Like, it's like, and it's one of those things where it's like, 
you got to be happy. It's like, dog, like, you got to be happy that you got a hundred people in a room, mm-hmm. but then you got to be scared. <laughs> like, yeah. please, yep. nobody, please, nobody, please, right. nobody has Which COVID. is, you know, and I feel selfish saying that, but I'm like, when I am vaccinated and then I give myself, you know, a little, maybe another month, I really believe like, I'll go back out. I just wish people wouldn't come out till they were vaccinated. Like if, if yeah. that way, but I know that's not going to be the case. Like I know no, people are, so it's just, it stinks, but you know, um, I will be good. No, but I, <laughs> but I want, <laughs> but for the sake of comedy and my fellow citizens. Read the statement, Aaron. Read the statement. You, you just hurt people's feelings. I can only be in charge of myself. Right. I can't help you if you don't care about your life. All I'm saying, but also, also to be fair, like that's why I'm not taking dates until further out because I don't. Also, even if I'm fine, I honestly don't want to be responsible for a gathering where people are being unsafe either. Like, I don't want it to be my show Absolutely. where some shit went down. So Absolutely. I'm like, if everybody can get a vaccine in May and people start getting vaccinated and that's done by June and July, then I'll start going out. You know what I mean? Right. But like maybe around right. here, will I, you know what I mean? Will I get up on stage somewhere? Will I go on a rooftop? Yeah, I'm sure. You know, will right. I drive into right. Manhattan? Sure. I mean, but it's just... um. Yeah, people. I just wish people would just do the do the thing, <laughs> do the thing, so we could get it. Because I can't work until you do the thing. So it, it sounds. I'm being honest here. It sounds like you are a black comedian, a black female comedian. I am who is pushing uh, the vaccine. That is what is and happening. <laughs> get that vaccine. We dying. Like I don't even want to hear. I can't even. If you're gonna say anything against, I can't. We're done. I'm not. I'm not. I can see it in her face. I already told. See, you should have never let Eddie in this interview. Should have never no, let me. I'm just no, no, no. I'll, this is all. Aaron, <laughs> tell me the truth. Do you think I'm a crappy person because I don't want to get the the vaccine until I get a PS5? Am I a crappy person? <laughs> I love it. Yes. Yes. I'm getting a PS5 next week, though. So, yes. hey, listen. <laughs> what would be the logic there? I just want to hear the logic. He got no the logic. logic. There's no it logic. Is. It is the is free. Aaron, you wait for something you ain't going to get. <laughs> I just like to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm about to tell you. This is my. I want, I want to get the PS5 and the vaccine at the same time because the recall should be done by then. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just scared of a recall. And it's already in my body. And I can't really recall it. You get what I'm saying? No. Like, what if the vaccine, is something wrong with the vaccine? I wanted to make sure the vaccine was straight. Because, it's, it's like, you know, like PS5s, when they come I in mean, PS... But you uh, know that they did, like, trials of the vaccine. I know people that were in the trials, so they got the vaccine way before all the other people. I already got my first shot. I'm good. Mm, so, I'm, see, I'm, we're good. I'm going to be honest with you. I only... I'm, um, don't come know. to my show until you get the vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, well, I'm gonna get it. I am gonna get it. I, I like. I was. I was looking at. I was looking at some. Uh, some um, appointments for it, and it, but I didn't like the times. I didn't really like the times. You didn't like had. the times. Yeah, the times that they had, I didn't like them. So I wanted to wait. You know what I'm saying? So they had a great time. First for me it was to a go. PS5. Now it's you a know because I'm, I'm literally gonna pick up. 
this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to pick up the PS5, and then I'm going to go right to my... I'm going to hold the PS5 while I get my vaccination shot. Aaron, can, that's can, a, can you tell the people what you got going on? <laughs> yeah. Can you tell let's, them what's let's going on? Thank you. <laughs> what do you have going on? She in seems so disgusted. Yeah. I love it. She I seems so it. mad at me. I just want everybody to get it. I just want people to be healthy so we can get this thing over with. No, so no, Broadway can open. So I'll, you yeah, know, so right. restaurants can open. It's about to be yes, my right. birthday. I can't. It's probably my second. I'm about to have my second pandemic birthday. Like, take the How damn was, back okay. Hold on. I know we do got we got another interview, and I, I, Angus, I will be good with you, bro. Uh, listen, Aaron, I really want to know this though. How did you deal with your birthday during COVID? Because I did not deal very well. I'm gonna be honest. Well, it was the beginning because my birthday is the 24th of March. So it had just been like a week or so, you know? Mm. So, but I had plans. Like I was supposed to go to Jamaica. Like I had to cancel all that. So, you know, it was still in the beginning. I had just learned what Zoom was. So I had like a little Zoom party. Um, But uh, yeah, I, uh, yeah, this one is not going to be, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not, I really did not think I was going to have to have two birthdays in quarantine. So, but this year I, I feel like we're almost out. Are you yeah. going to try to go to Jamaica? Jamaica getting the vaccine? No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to go now. I'm not trying to get on a plane to go anywhere. <laughs> you know, I'm just, you clearly you're missing the point, Eddie. So I'm trying to stay alive. I'm not going to finally get a Netflix special. <laughs> and then get COVID yo, and die. Yo, like, I'm not, famous, famous. You know what and I'm saying? I want to be here for right afterwards. Right. Like, exactly. I don't want to die with potential. <laughs> I don't want to die. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> anyway. yo, yo. <laughs> I just wanted to, I, I'm sorry. Did I, did I throw off the interview at, at that point? I'm gonna clip all of this up so all the vaccine people could come at you. So if you want to read, they want to come at me about me wanting them to stay alive. That's what they want. Yes, yes. come at me. Come at me. <laughs> this is so ridiculous. We, we were in the thing mid- that we're arguing about. I can't <laughs> even we're agree. not. No, not we. Not we. I mean, as a country, like no, I can't even believe this is a thing. Like it, it's absurd. It's so That's, stupid. It really is. But, People think that this shit might be, you know. I don't. I've had, I've had, I've had family members pass away, so I don't. Me think, too. I really, yeah, yeah. I really do think, you know, what I'm saying, like the vaccine. Everybody needs to get the vaccine. I'm just not pushing. Like it's like the flu shot. I think everybody should get the flu shot. You get yeah. what I'm saying? But I'm not gonna. I, I, I don't think uh, pushing people to go get it is like being like, hey. You ain't get your flu shot. Stay the fuck away from me. And I feel like that's how COVID's going to be. Well, I think it should be because I feel like this it shut down people's livelihood. It ruined their livelihood. It, it the people lost their homes. People half a million people died. It's just, it's a lot over more a serious. Half a million people yeah. have died. It's, so it's it's a lot more yeah. serious. It's it, right. it it really is. It's it's like when you fight somebody who's trying to tell you wear a mask so that you stay alive and other people stay alive. Why are we fighting that? Like, how dare you tell me to stay alive? Like, the logic doesn't make any sense to me. And I feel like with all that we've lost, the least you could do as a member of a society, like if we are human people who live in a society, what that means is we have to give a damn about each other to some extent because it's mutual. Like if you, if COVID is here, then we're all exposed. 
in this room Sorry. or whatever. So it's not just you. It's not like wearing a seatbelt. Like this shit affects everybody. You don't exactly. want to wear a seatbelt in your car. Go through the windshield. I don't care. I mean, yeah, I care, uh, but it's not. You know what I mean? I, it doesn't affect I don't, I don't, me. I don't, I, don't, I don't care if that's in my kid. I mean, you know, I'm just to be honest. <laughs> but so that's that's just kind of how I feel about it. I no, just really, right. you know, right. I, I really wish people were more compassionate and cared in the societies where people understand like mutual benefit. I just think they've done so much better with COVID. Like if you look at what's going on in Japan and Korea and you just look and go, they just follow the rules. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's all. Did you, did you see uh Bill Maher put up the thing about uh, China and like, he was like, China is beating us. Like China basically got the, they started the whole thing. And then like six months later, they were just like, ah, it's done. Like, hold up, nah, they lying. And then they were just like, have it. They were like, everybody was like, they're lying. And they were like, cool. And they just had raves all throughout of China. Like, they're just partying like shit with like techno music. I see that, but. (laughs) Yo, it's freaking hilarious. Okay, I'm sorry. I just wanted to get you on a rant, Aaron. No, it's fine. And you, about this, it is. Because I was like, I'm in an industry that ain't got no phase. Like, you look at all the phases, they be like, oh, this is going to open up in phase, whatever. I'm like, what phase None. is comedy? <laughs> right. No, we, so I run, so I don't know if you, I don't know if they were told, like, so I run the DC, com- I'm one of the people that run the DC comedy festival, mm-hmm. right? And so we got shut down in April. And right, our festival was in April. We got shut down March 19th, March 16th. Everything right. went like kaputs. And so, like, everybody's like, when are y'all bringing the festival back? When are y'all bringing it? Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, right. hopefully, like, right, hopefully, uh, Mayor Bowser, you know, gets her A game and is like, hey, we can have his back. But, like, you just said, comedy is like the only industry not listed. SBA, mm-hmm. <laughs> SBA was like, hey, guys, we know you guys run shows. So, we're going to give you a shuttered venues grant, yo, for everybody that runs live events because you guys got screwed. Oh, thank you, SBA. When are you gonna open that up? Twenty twenty four. Take this hundred dollars and stretch it out real nice. Right. <laughs> we'll give you a so, hundred dollars nah. stimulus in twenty twenty eight. But nah, um, uh, Terrence, go ahead, man. I know you was about to wrap it up. No, I was just saying, Aaron, tell the people what you've got going on. Everybody can see oh, the ticker oh. right here. Make sure you follow. Oh yeah, that's me. That's you. That's that's me on Instagram and that's me on Twitter and Facebook. If you still go there, I don't really go there that much. But anyway, um, yeah, I um, I got some cool stuff coming up. I think I can. um, I'm gonna be on Access Hollywood on Friday. Okay. Um, Okay. I'm gonna. I've got something cool coming up on the 23rd on ABC. So check that. If you go to EJ EJ the comic, you'll hear about that in a couple days. and uh, yeah, just cool stuff, just interviews and podcasts and interneting until uh, until I can get back up there on that stage. <laughs> interneting. That's, Aaron, I really do appreciate you coming on. Like you, Very much you so. don't know us, and it was an amazing time to have you on, especially no. around about the vaccines. That will definitely be a clip that we tag you in and put a okay. statement underneath for you. <laughs> I'll be in your corner defending you from all these haters, all right? I don't care about no haters that talk about they ain't taking a vaccine. You ain't got to defend me. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to get in trouble. Good night. That's why I'm
trap with it. Whatever you want, whatever you need, it's on tab.